This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So we have a history of Cecil. Yeah. So it's worth mentioning this. It's worth mentioning. Okay. Cecil took a chance on two young guys who were best friends in the game industry and gave us both jobs at Section Studios. So an entire and heartfelt shout out to all the guys at Section Studios still working over there, doing great concept art for big companies out there right now. Uh, and Cecil leading the way over there. You got good people at Section. So to everyone at Section who even patted us on the back and said hello while we worked there, we love you guys from the bottom of our hearts and thank you for being supporters. Mm-hmm of our journey through game development. Uh-huh. Without further ado... Well, with, oh, no, with, no, with okay. a little further, with further ado, ado... You see right. what he did, Cecil? That was Brandon. That wasn't me. Cecil is a very humble guy, so we have to kind of rep his resume for sure. him. All right, can, Do you mind kind of listing well, his achievements? We can, we can trade off a little bit. So okay. besides being a co-founder of his own studio, right? Mm-hmm. besides being a part of the visual design for God of War, the series that is kicking major AWS on the PlayStation console. We're talking about for art directing. Years. Yeah, the art directing there. Yeah. Besides going to Squaresoft and helping them bring about one of their most lovable Final Fantasies, Final Fantasy IX, mm-hmm. uh, Parasite Eve. Parasite Eve. Oh my God. I mean, that's pretty much. We're giving away our age, by the way. Uh, that's, but that, those are the games that I grew up with. The I Googled games. it. I didn't, I didn't play it myself. I Googled it. No, I'm just kidding. I, but, was, I was definitely there for Parasite Eve. Uh, besides all of that, you know, being a hardworking, super talented concept artist for his entire career, now giving back to students, giving back to interns, and leading the next generation of concept artists under his lineage and tutelage, I believe that's the best intro I could possibly give. Plus... His wife owns fantastic restaurants, so we gotta we gotta give her the shout out too. Cecil, thank you for everything that you've done, and thank you for everything that you're about to do for everyone in the audience. Uh, I can't clap any harder than this for you, Brody. So happy to have you here with us, Cecil oh. Kim. Hi, hi everyone. Cecil, can, can you guys going, hear me? Man? Yes, we can hear you. Oh, okay. Hey, man, how you All doing, right, man? Bro. Thanks for joining us, dude. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, are you still so by your own? Good, huh? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you just fine. Okay. So, so proving it. Can to I you. try? You're in your face. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so while Cecil's getting set up, getting his slides up for you all, uh, we're, we're going to uh, buy more time. Sure, that's all right. <laughs> I'm broke, dude. Yeah. <laughs> We've been doing it all day. Uh, so, of course, uh, as Cecil's getting set up, everyone, uh, thank you again for, for tuning in. Seriously. Uh, if you are just catching us, this is the first day of three, right? I want to keep reminding people. So if you are catching you at odd time zones, you definitely want to take a look at all the schedules for the next three days and kind of go for the ones that are, are, are most appealing to you. I would say all of it is very appealing, but you can be very picky yeah. and, and, and do that yourself. So, uh, Cecil, we're going to hand the yeah. mic and yeah. shut up, yeah. and you are oh. all ears all you all you if you want we'll we obviously we listen in so we can chime in if you need help or something but for the most part man you got this yeah i, I thought it's going to be more like the, how we did a podcast before all right uh, i'll leave the microphones hot and we will make it that way for you yeah okay 
Go for it. All right. All right. Hi, everyone. I, I hope I um, don't waste your time. So, so I picked a subject as a how to lead and art direct smaller games. Uh, yeah, hold on. Um, this is another one of those Larry requests because I was like, "Hey, man, just teach me in your in your speech. Yeah. Show me how to do it." <laughs> so it's like, Larry, there's a little bit of a uh, what do you call it? Um, like repeating sound. Oh, uh, getting some echo. Yeah, goes. Okay. Uh, hmm. I hope I'm going to ask the Twitch audience as well. Just let us know if you guys are experiencing echo. It'll help us diagnose if we need to do something for Cecil, or perhaps if Cecil needs to do something on his end. I so think maybe just to check, did you mute your Discord? Ah, uh, that might be it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah everyone else. Yeah, let everyone me, else says let me mute the game. Fine. Everyone's good. Okay. That is the power of Twitch, baby. Right. Thank you, Twitch audience, once again for saving our butts. All right, Cecil. All right. Okay, so yeah, it's better now. I guess yes. I had to uh, unmute and mute back. So uh, thanks for having me. And then I guess uh, I put together a small presentation. Um, this, um, so this particular image that you're seeing is uh, probably one of the most recent painting I did. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I mean, upcoming game. Yeah, upcoming game. You know, it's like since uh, Section Studios, well, we've been like pitching many games in different mm -hmm. genre and different platform, and we, we keep trying, right? Yeah, yeah. Of <laughs> so course. tenacity. Yeah, uh, yeah. Recently, I had this kind of like the the imagination on this particular like time time period and uh, certain characters and stuff. So. I can go into a little bit more on this, but um, let me uh, sure. right, go into yeah. uh, my introduction. So, yeah, that, that shot looking at LA, that's pretty much every day, <laughs> my commute. So I think it's important for everyone to know, like, like where I am and, you know, it's like not every, everywhere LA is same. So we're in downtown and uh, my background is... Uh, I was born in Korea, but I came to the States uh, late 80s and went to Art Center, got a bachelor degree. And then I worked at uh, Sony and Square. I mean, like Larry and uh, Brandon said, two big companies that I work for. One is uh, Square, it's like Paris Eve and Final Thank Fantasy you. IX. Yeah, you actually so, were a big part of our childhood, man. So while we have you here, I definitely <laughs> want a fanboy for that one second. If I didn't do it enough, I had yeah, so, I've had all yeah, of the games on there that I can see from here. Every single oh, one. Oh my that's cool. Yep. So the first five games that I worked on each took about minimum three two years. So even like back in the nineties that's kind of long production time. So I worked on these big titles and then a span of like 15 years, I, I only worked on five games, but, but I take a lot of pride in it because I stay through from the start to end. Because a lot of developers are saying, I worked on this game, I worked on that game, but not, not, not everyone that 
that means like they stay through the entire production. So after God of War 3, that's when uh, most spotlight we, we got and uh, also my career. And I got the award, the BAFTA award as a best achievement. And then that's when I was start looking at myself and thinking, um, what, what else can, what, I mean, what is my potential, right? I mean, I always wanted to make a game around my vision, whether it's like small gameplay or it's, a, it's about story about the characters that I invented or uh, just, just journey through this particular fantasy area that I want to uh, portray. So I met a couple of people who was willing to kind of like to kick off the business with some uh, seed money. And we, I found the chemistry and it's really good people. And so I partnered with these uh, two, two partners and I started Section Studios. And then since then, you know, both running business, that's probably like main part of not my uh, the job. But um, they, my partner called me, I'm a quality guy, meaning everything we do in our Section Studio, I have to be responsible. It, it, nothing gets out the door. Unless I say good, unless I it looks good, a lot of service that we do is mostly on the visual side. So that's something that I feel comfortable. Like someone comes to me and hey, we need this character. Can you guys help us? And because I work with so many talented concept artists from Sony and Square, um, basically Sony was amazing because right? I work with Andy Park now, who's a uh, Marvel uh, visual director and Charlie Wen used to be Marvel visual director, and then you know there's so many concept artists that Easy Metrano, Jung Park, who's also lead concept at uh, Lispan right now. So it was really good, like almost like major league team that I really, um, and also although Sony's like support and everything was really amazing time but once you start the solo section studios we had to figure out how to um keep the lights on start making money and start building the client yeah it's a, it's a whole different story when like all of those expenses that are normally just handled right come out of your pocket and your, vision <laughs> and your efforts like directly <laughs> yeah i mean if you go to a ki kitchen you don't see like beef jerkies and like not fancy snacks anymore you know we have a really like costco coffees and you have to really grind so that is so yeah, real man. though it's like you're, if you're so used to luxuries of a bigger studio yeah. and you start walking in and it's like oh there's no cereal boxes it's like oh it's real now <laughs> it's, it's really real now but it's true but but those yeah. are the things you do take for granted being at bigger studios right. and not having to worry about the bills yeah but it gets, right. uh, if anything, very intimate and cozy when you uh -huh. switch to a smaller studio. That <laughs> is true, though. That is the first thing you do probably notice when you walk through the door. <laughs> I will say this, though. I, Scott Hatomi at Section bought me breakfast like a couple of times. No other <laughs> studio have I ever worked for if they bought me breakfast. That's true. So uh, there you yeah. go. Shout out to Section. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So I guess... Uh, what I wanted to say is my career jumped from uh, lead concept artist to 
art director slash game director. And this is something didn't wasn't given to me. It's something that I had to create and I have to take take on. So all the fears and that challenges that you have to face is real. And I I try to be prepared as much as I can, but you know, a lot of it I have to learn on the way. So this uh, presentation, I guess, what you guys can take away is, uh, you know, some challenges in making games from ground up. First time you're making games, and you have very limited uh, resources, and also the funding. And then how to lead a new team and with your own vision, right? And then continue to support your own vision and also you know, like blended, blending like your team's vision together. And anyone who's thinking about starting their own studios and building their own team can learn from my experience and hopefully uh, they can make better decisions than me and, you know, they, you know, everyone can succeed. That is my like outline of pitch. But when I putting together this uh, presentation, I start to like, you know, sidetrack a little bit, and it it has a lot more of uh, my personal experience as a business owner and uh, game director and stuff like that. But I, I try to focus on art side more. So maybe you guys can uh, like, you know, ask me questions later if you if I skip that some of the things that you want to hear from me. Uh, no problem. Okay. So you. that. The painting up here is also the mural painting that I painted for the studio. Oh, nice. With actually, the character inside, that's done by Nathan Nora. Yeah. It's actually a friend of mine. He's a great um, Robral LA painter. Nathan Nora did that painting with me. It's just kind of like we wanted to deep revitalize the studio and after the last game kind of uh, hit hit it hit hard and financially we kind of like regrouping and re-strategizing the our feature so we wanted to make the painting basically saying like hey you know let's just create let's start creating again mm -hmm. the like guy that. in the yeah but that's good energy that's really good energy i would say <laughs> it's very easy Thank to look you. at something that happens and say well we tried and then it's harder to pick yourself up and say, no, let's refocus, let's reevaluate, yeah. and let's redirect all the rooms. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have to like um, replace some of the uh, majestic existence that we used to have, like Larry standing there working his design away. <laughs> so right now, studio is a little bit feel empty. So that painting really covers the, the energy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about prototype. Yeah. So I think everyone can do design on paper, but the years of uh, experience that I already realized is uh, you have to have a prototype. And how do you start that, right? As an artist, you have a great game design or just the, the vision that you want to create, but you need some someone who actually designed the prototype and then actually um, uh, put it in the engine and actually make it playable. Uh, in some of the cases, I found it 
I was fortunate that I found person who can do both, meaning uh, engineering and designer. There is actually a lot of talented sort of a hybrid of a designer and programmer out there, especially who knows how to Unity. And uh, I met one person actually through a friend and the other person actually through a, a meetup. There's like the group of uh, Unity guys that get together and stuff and you go there and start talking to people and there's a ton of like talented people that are just hungry to create stuff, but they don't have art resources. So when I met these guys, they're so excited that I can guarantee them I can bring some quality art to them and they can see their their game to look awesome and, you know, uh, appealing. So Unity and Unreal, that was also that one of the thing that we it's kind of important topic for us because in the beginning we met these key programmers that are unity uh, experts so one game we start working on it and that led to the second game and stuff like that and slowly we built more unity pipeline and unity experts in the house where Unreal is pretty much the best engine for artists. I mean, I that's what I think, and that's what, what I've been told. However, Unity, in some sense, has a, a lot of advantage, right? It can iterate quicker, and um, so we became a Unity house. So you find I'm I'm still wanted to pivot and try to make games in Unreal. But we haven't had a chance to get uh, take us to that level yet. We we did create a, an awesome prototype on Unreal, but not a full game in Unreal. Yeah, I'm glad that you guys are taking a second look at Unreal. By the way, me personally. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then same thing. Same thing goes to multitasking artists because when you make prototype, the assets, models, and um, a, like uh, animation and the uh, character setup and things like that. I happened to work with a couple of people that had a long like AAA studio experience and they were, they are multi-skilled uh, people. So actually we basically had a, an initial prototype on uh, Blood Tale, which is an action RPG. We only had like three or four people worked on it. But extra people actually support the art asset. And then obviously, the visual style needs to be established, meaning uh, that there needs to be a couple keyframe or um, uh, the, mark, uh, the high level console paintings needs to be done, which is a lot of times painted by me. So, below two images you see in the slide, one on the right is actually a painting I did for Eclipse, which is the, the VR the game. Award winning game, right? Award winning, yeah, award winning in yeah. best mobile VR and some like one of the best art in the Unity VR. So, in the Unity space, actually, it got a couple of awards. Oh, nice. So this slide, as an artist, you know, that first thing I did with the Action RPG, Action RPG prototype was the uh, these three 
three, the fire arena being connected. Actually, there's a four. And then there's a bridge is connecting to the final boss area. So with no design help, I had to sit down with the, uh, the engineer, basically tell him, this is maybe we should try this. The camera is going to follow the character. However, this is the footprint of the, the level design. Mm -hmm. And you can see the middle painting there. That's sort of uh, materials and how the scale between the arena and then uh, side structures and rock, the style of rock. Mm -hmm. So in, in, I try to kill two birds, birds at two, uh, one stone, right? Try to provide high level direction on the level design or at the same time it's art direction here. And one on the left, obviously, the bridge and then also some of the rocks uh, shapes. The model wanted to have a better look at that, so I, I had to draw some of the stuff. Man, so, so can I jump in for one second? You're getting a yeah. lot of love in the Twitch notes. I just wanted to read two things for you really quick. One person okay. is like, oh my god, what a talented artist. It was the most recent comment I see. But one specifically oh, that you. caught my eye about 15 minutes ago, uh, I think Donosaurus Rex was saying, Final Fantasy IX is a huge part of why I became a concept artist. That game is freaking gorgeous oh. and it still holds up. So these are the people thank who are listening you. to you right now. Like, Just so you know, oh, you know man. you're very much appreciated here. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean... The work, working on a Final Fantasy Nine is uh, it's like a such a com compact, such an intense experience that I had. I had to move to Hawaii. And oh boy! <laughs> yeah, like that's like, and, <laughs> well, I had to. <laughs> yeah, it's like, do you want to go to Hawaii? Do you want to finish Final Fantasy? I work on the Final Fantasy Nine. I said, well, uh -huh. oh, let me think about it. <laughs> well, anyway, um, because you know that was me like being a like a sponge like mm -hmm. i was surrounded with this uh over 100 developers from japan square um headquarters mm -hmm. yeah and there's a lot of over the shoulder learning because i look at these map illustrators they doing really tight pencil sketches right so that actually translate right here because because i went through that experience on two three years for me to kind of draft like a um, map you know mm. top angle side angle things like that it's very comfortable for me so mm. i sat down with Naveen. he's uh the engineer he was going 100 miles an hour he's already blocking stuff out and having cameras and stuff and he's keep asking so what do you what do you want and i'm like dude like you already <laughs> like doing this <laughs> so it forced me to I mean, there's no book how to design game, right? I mean, mm -hmm. th there must be, but I had to kind of like swing it, swing it, so. And I, I kind of want to ac actually expand mm -hmm. on that. Like, you know, it, it is yeah. one of the biggest things when you uh, transition from a bigger studio to a smaller or even your own studio is mm -hmm. that uh, you mentioned before the resources get very real and you don't really know how to deal with it until you actually have to deal with it uh, where yeah. like you don't have the luxury of time to build your dream project you have this much time and you have this much money yeah. right and so uh, I think I always feel like uh, a a as a creative as anybody that's making something um, 
when you're designing inside a box you're always going to come out with something a lot more a lot better right if you really really uh favor yeah, the time spent yourself. with it right if you really enjoy the process um yeah. how hard did it hit you <laughs> when you start realizing like you know we only have 20 people versus uh 200 plus right to actually put this game together on the art side like what was uh if you can compare like a time when you were working at um any of the games like god of war or final fantasy where you felt like you had so many infinite resources lots of people to work with versus the time when you're at section you're like oh yeah this is not the same i gotta really think differently yeah so that gap between the uh, this different team size is so like so different i mean I, i couldn't even compare so for me uh towards the god of war 3 or even uh ascension it just it's a massive production meaning not not many people not only many people working on it but each uh task everyone's working on takes long a long time right so it's just coming together magically because i don't know everything behind the curtain so there's only it's like who does the sound who does this i i mean it's just such a big scope mm-hmm. where um this is more like um it's like a you know compared to like when you actually had to work in a kitchen you have to make a meal for 10 people and you understand the challenge i think important thing is knowing the challenge mm-hmm. and kind of like uh, running through your head meaning i would say imagine training like 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 very limited resources but you always you always connect to each discipline meaning the before you know everyone will tell you that's impossible that's possible we always have to your ears open and that's what i did and because I knew I'm not expert at anything else. I, when I talk to animator, I cannot tell him, hey, why can't we have five more animation on this? When he's saying, because these reasons, right? Technical reasons and the time reasons. And it really slowly, you, it defines your reality. And, mm-hmm. But then what you cannot compromise is your, um, your vision, meaning, what kind of feeling do you do you do i want this prototype to show what mm-hmm. type of uh, speed what type of uh, um like sensual like like feeling right mm-hmm. that's something i do have a better um taste not not taste because my entire my life being an artist meaning you know i i respond more to a movie i respond more to the music i respond more mm-hmm. to everything around me so I really always in tune myself seeing that what is that 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 drive, right? And after a while that scope and everything is defined, once you know that, who who's gonna bring that even further? That's a mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. Because now once you say, Okay, I, I got it, like okay, this is what we can do, which is look at this level here. 
that is actually one of the prototype but that one entire level is put together by intern okay. so I, I would say intern he graduated from Otis so Josiah actually started on this one mm -hmm. but this was second level but he he and I sat down he's basically he's so motivated right mm -hmm. but then because of this prototype we had luxury of things everything's not so cleanly put together it's kind of sloppy right mm -hmm. so i told them this is how i want it there's a level the, the steps and then there's a the door is going to come up and there's a lightning happening in the sky and he's like well how do i disguise so i'm like well someone has to paint the sky box <laughs> so it's just really fun everything put together so fast because um once you know the limitation right? yeah. yeah and just like uh, you have a Lego block, right? And you only have 10 blocks. But how do we make it epic? Okay, just show awesome sky in the back. And how do we make it really awesome, like decorative, awesome place? And put a huge banner. And how we create the banner and give it to concept guy. He's going to come up with something cool. So so that's the... I'm, I'm getting too excited, so I'm just kind of talking too loud. <laughs> no, is it okay? <laughs> no, no, this okay. is fine. This is great stuff. Like, it's good for us. Okay. It's, um, it's very true. Um, the advantage of working small is you're very agile. Mm -hmm. You're speed. able to kind of react, and Momentum. it's the speed. Even if it's sloppy, you get to the finish line. Uh, I kind of want to sign off to what you said before, because you, you having experience uh, being an art director, and uh, most people... I hope don't assume that even if you're a director of any discipline that you know everything, right? Yeah. Uh, that's impossible. I think if anything, as an art director, you could be visionary. You have a, a, a sense of where you want to end up. But it is uh, a, a check with all your colleagues to tell you like, this is the budget and time. This is why we can't and can't not do that. But I definitely agree with you. Like what you can't sacrifice is the vision. So more so than saying that we can't do that, uh, because of these it's more like how do we get there as close as possible with sure. the resources we have and creatively get to that end point right and I, I completely yeah. agree with you because as soon as because you, you being an art director for so long you have the eye right to kind of and, and the, the ability to kind of uh, convey a feeling through whatever medium that you're, you're portraying in this case games and to uh to sacrifice any of that, you just end up with another product on the shelf, which yeah. is what every artist wants to avoid. Right. Shit, every designer wants and to avoid that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times your job is giving feedback. So that's in itself, that's just like the full-time job, right? Whether you're doing paint over on the Photoshop or you're actually sitting in a meeting room and going over process and just try to figure out a way to best best way to articulate what your point is right and sometimes that you have to do that in front of five six people sometimes you have to sit down one-on-one -on -one and do it so that is that is that is a full-time job and w when i jump into this role as art director and sort of game director thing that I worry about is I don't know much about technical side of uh, game development meaning I don't know much about engine I don't know much about 
how to use shader. I don't know much about character pipeline. But what I realize now is if you know how to use these tools, the beauty of that is your feedback and communications are a lot faster. Yeah. Um, but you cannot, you can always cover everything. So you also have to do perfectly translate or communicate and the screenshot and stuff. So I think there's a future art directors out there. How you want to be sort of game direct and also art direct together. I think get familiar with the engine tool is very helpful. And Maya and things like that. And you just have to understand the process. That's more important than you actually sit down and model the object and stuff. Um, so let me continue on the slide. Okay. So once I made a prototype and we had to do uh, the pitch and then the uh, Doing the pitch can happen in many different ways. But one time we had to go to DICE and um, we had to get a hotel room and just a marathon of publishers that are coming in and we had to have them play the demo and then also talk about what we want to do with the game and stuff. And a lot of times these guys what they want to see is how passionate we are in the game because you're asking someone else to pay give money to make your game so you have to really show how how believe 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 in your game and also how passionate about your game and so called elevator pitch that's like something that kind of cliche but i think it's really important to be able to like um, get the message across about what your game is by comparing your game to like it's Terminator plus you know Diablo or something like that. Then everyone's imagination just start lo like rolling, right? And different part is because we're gonna have these features and things like that. So and then once you working on your pitch, you should start to think about a lot more than you should, which is like when it goes to budget shit. Um, like for example, like these are actually the previous prototype screenshots. So this is where I had a personally had a very bad experience because I start to get into numbers and start like trying to negotiate how to like cut corners and stuff a very stressful part and what i want to tell you guys is um straight up showing you just need to do a sort of general idea of it you don't have to go like granularly all detail on it so here is uh, another game that kind of right now would try to uh, construct the uh, game around this idea. So this is like the lineup of characters that me and our uh, character concept guy, Brian, we work together on this. Oh, man. 
So I think as an art director, when you start the game project, first of all, you need to know the scope of your game. And you, you have to understand the limitation that you're going to have. And then the key gameplay mechanics that you want to have, right? But besides that, I think what's important is, uh, like I talked to you guys before, sort of uh, emotional part of the, the game. So heart of the game, meaning the, what, what you actually be inside. What's the smell? What's the sound? What's the the mental, like, psychological, like, experience. So this game, I call it, I, I call it bourbon for now, but basically that image on the left, you know, it's like Great Depression and there's, like, snow and, you know, like, prohibitions and, and there's, like, gangsters and things like that. In this time, what if we make tower defense game where... The gangsters are fighting like demons and things like that, right? Hmm. That's an interesting juxtaposition. But <laughs> you said gangsters. I was like, oh, oh snap. <laughs> All right. You, you piqued my interest. Yeah. So from there, and, and then you have to, before like getting to details, you have to communicate with the team that what your product is, what your art style is going to land within this, the, some of the examples that are very familiar with gamers, like Long Dark is a great game, Firewatch is beautiful art, and then inside is, you know, the amazing, like, that level design and um, such a detail on lightings and, like, timing and all that stuff. So all these inspiration game examples, and I really need to know where our game is going to, place right so that these two pages like where i sat down with the team and basically said i think this is what we how we see our game and then on top of that i also have to bring in some of my um moment to moment experience meaning what are these characters are and how these characters are are they heroes and are they what are they gonna use and so i mean so this, the examples of games are and movies, basically movies, uh, sort of kind of help me define what I want to achieve in the game. Yeah, I was waiting for this slide. So, <laughs> <laughs> so and then you know you you get into full production. Mm -hmm. So now you got the funding, whether it's uh, the milestone base or it's an investment. And then what we did was uh, we we found the producer who has experience in uh, driving the dev team, yeah. making sure all the disciplines working properly and meeting the deadline. And then, you know, it's like another important thing is recognize a team leader and cheerleader, meaning it, it is it is team-based, team, team based, like, effort, right? And... We had always, we knew, like, there's, we have to have a leader, and um, the team morale is, like, really important thing to uh, yeah. carry. So, like, 
going back to what I said about not knowing character pipeline or also the level building, we, I knew that those are the area that I have to rely on someone else. So for example, like, um, character side, basically the things that I didn't know about were how combat design dictates everything to follow, meaning how the character needs to be designed, how the parts needs to be separated, and how it needs to be rigged, and all those things that I, even though I worked on God of War, I was mainly on environments, I didn't really understand. But not only that, using the pipeline and how, how do we get to the policy level, right? So basically in the first pass, what is that first pass means? And how do I see most important thing in the first level and not get caught up with things that kind of still like loose and not ready. So I learned from that and also environment, same thing. Environment is like, even though I worked on environment a lot, depends on the game it needs to put together differently. So when uh, Brandon uh, worked on the uh, the tails, we ran through some camera issue and that wasn't that wasn't anyone's fault. That was sort of the as a art director me not having the enough experience how important the camera is needs to be in place first. And also later when we worked on the, the simple um platform game, we actually took a very different approach where cameras fully move around, but there's no block, nothing's blocking on, on the character. I was going to say, Cecil, if it makes you feel better to blame Brandon, like, totally. Go ahead. <laughs> we blame each other for stuff all the time. It feels great. I don't know why. Maybe that was such <laughs> Yeah, just keep coming back, but... <laughs> <laughs> I love being blamed. Yeah, and you know, it's, you also, so you have to be prepared for long haul. I mean, it's definitely going to be a moral uh, up and downs, and especially like, yeah, things are moving slow, right? Uh, Yeah, it's still here, buddy. Okay. So, I think that this one is the. Uh, sorry about this. No, you're fine. Actually, just hide whatever bank account information. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's break down uh, elements in art direction. Okay. Okay. In the game side. So the first. You will be the first hire if you're an art director. You're the first one working side by creative director to two people, right? And then you're probably in a hunt for someone who's going to own third pillar, which is engineering. So the three, three of you, three of us, is going to start building a team together. And like I said, the character pipeline is very connected and what i what i realized is how much animation and the tech art is 
takes time and versus like modeling, right? Because you think that character model is done and you think it's going to be pretty much 80% there. But animation, pretty much animation will be guided and uh, directed by game designer. But I did sit in the room and try to listen and try to chime in to how I want the combat movements going to be. But I realized it's better to leave it to the expert to figure that out. And then the environment art, environment art is the same thing. Environment is also um, not like character art. Environment art is very different from uh, what from game to game. From the side scroll for top-down strategy game to like third-person action game, right? Yeah. So environment art is very slow process, and there's so much stuff to like create mm -hmm. from the props to like you know the the actually. Uh, nav maps to the what do you call it uh, hero props and things like that there's so many things to build so it's really hard to um, give feedback in early stage uh, but then uh, the communication and uh, being in tune with the artist all the yeah. time basically you can all you can add, don't don't be afraid to ask questions, right? Mm -hmm. So basically, I always jump the gun too much, <laughs> saying, "Hey, the, the snow looks really bad," and they're like, <laughs> um, "Yeah," <laughs> in you know all those things, right? Hold on, let me turn on my other layers, boss. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then. Oftentimes, the environment artists are also has so much time that I have to put in to in order to clean their 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 levels to keep up with the build schedule, right? So, yeah. Um, so, as an art director, I think. Yes, just being tuned and like keep communicating with the teams. That's pretty important. And then the UI. Let's let's talk about UI a little bit. Okay. So, UI is one of those things that I never dealt with before. And I mean, in a oh. small scale, I had to. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say in mobile specifically, right? Like it's that's you have less screen to work with. Your UI has to be even that much more purposeful. Otherwise, you're hurting the experience because yeah. there's so much. Exactly. So in mobile, the UI is so important, and uh, it's not directly connects to business side of the model, mm -hmm. and where you place the button and how you things have certain things like you know stand out. So I overly like overly uh, stressed out about UI because um, it's one of the things that you have to look at it for a long time. Meaning, first passes in, and instead of React. Because you're talking about every day your preference is changing, and you're you have to stand, you have to understand things that has to grow on you too. Mm -hmm. So, for UI, for example, I 
realize is, is this you have to really sit on it and you have to look look at it and don't don't react too much and because we, one thing you don't like you don't have to need to go to ui artist to stop and change the icon and stuff yeah. things like that yeah and then effects for, for some reason are fortunate that all our effects artists are almost like self you know they they can just go out and just create stuff mm-hmm. but even though they personally ask me it, it'll be awesome if we have some sort of visual direction they can follow and which i try to help but um i wasn't able to do much mm-hmm. but it's really hard if you, you are i always try to put myself in that person's uh, shoes ui is something that some a lot of times they create a, a with a blinded right even the fire effects or even some sort of uh, like um electric shock effects they have to come up with their own if they don't have any concept. Mm-hmm. And if someone doesn't like it, they have to, they have to go back to the blank page. Yeah. So, yeah. So that. here, uh, so for example, as an art director, this particular uh, character is also important as like moving level. And this is really big character. And I went to Disneyland and I was looking at this small world and then i really like the design uh, aesthetic so mm-hmm. i sketched this out and then this is the uh wow. the concept artist he took my initial idea and uh, finished it then same thing with the small characters that in this game called uh, awake this is the vr demo we created and then uh you just have to show the direction of the character right Mm-hmm. And then these are eventually became a final characters. I still love those guys. <laughs> it's really good design. And then memorable. And then here, because th- each games are different, but some games are very narrative driven, meaning it's like you're kind of telling a story through like these characters. So something like this, I had to do um, a lot of sketches. Uh, storyboard mm-hmm. so you're in the storyboard not only how the camera the camera is going to work but also how some of the interaction is going to happen in this so it became a sort of a blueprint for the the prototype and here's another example for the ui because the yeah so uis uis are pretty hard thing to do but again like it's easy to make like quick judgment on the what you see, but uh, I think it patience and it, it takes time to be able to make a proper judgment on this. So I think what I can share with you guys, what I did before and what I wanted to change if I do it again is a uh, small game, small production iteration is necessary but you only iterate when it's necessary meaning um, time is very very important part of the production and sometimes you get into the mood where you want it to just iterate, iterate for the sake of to, to want to see this option right and that's I've, I've done it at Sony I've done it at Square sometimes we iterate forever because you know they, we, they can, because they—that's why they make these such a polished games, and 
you know, life-changing games. But yeah. um, some of the games that we make, you know, we don't have time, we don't have money. So we iterate only when it's necessary. And everything, we have to have a first pass to make a proper judgment. So I realized instead of just having a meeting and figure out what's, how to move forward, I think a lot of it, in, in even the combat design to level design, you have to had to start, and then um, just ir- uh, change or polish from there, and then find leads who can own the pipeline, and also, especially our artists, our team, they always want to do the best. They always want to push the limit. They always want to make it better, and sometimes, a, a lot of times, I, I have to be the one said. No, this is good enough. No, 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 no. Stop working on this. This yeah. is good. Right? So, because when you understand the fate of the company or the, the finance is, if you don't have the money to keep going, then the, the team team is not going to be around. Yeah. So, you have to be the one to make that reality check. And... Uh, and- how do you i mean so that sounds like there's a lot of pressure though that would obviously fall on your shoulders especially at a direction level knowing that you're the be all end all but you're also the first in line when it comes to okay do we do well do we do not you know handling that stress i guess do you what what's your advice for people who are stepping into that kind of a role or who might soon be directors themselves like how do you deal with stress or still keeping strong and keeping faith in the event that you might face some adversity well, I mean, if you take on everything on everything by by yourself, I think yeah. eventually you're gonna go crazy or break down, or it's gonna be really hard. Yeah. So, I think if you have enough of resources, maybe hire someone who can um, stay on tune with the finance and then a schedule for you, because I don't think creativity and doing that both is is healthy so for my, my case my partner were doing that so it was more I had a freedom of just focus on what I what I need to do but yeah well Cecil um, yeah I, we really want to thank you. We just have one, uh, a little bit more time to ask one question okay. from our Twitch audience, and we want to okay. make sure they get time. Again, for anybody that's watching, sure. you can ask on our Facebook, Twitch, uh, Periscope, wherever you're watching, yeah. uh, we do have moderators fielding the questions for you. So this is from Indevelop. Uh, question is, when you are going from one concept sketch or art style to bring all the other game assets into the project how do you like to design and cast those design styles into each asset for example characters backgrounds props etc um i'm sorry can you can you repeat that question i can re-ask so when you are going from one concept sketch or art style to bringing all the other game assets into the project how uh-huh. do you like to design those uh, styles into each asset um, and he went in specific like characters, background, props, etc. That's a so, hard question. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's pretty straightforward too, right? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I I try to 
find um, the good examples to to mimic that what I try to achieve. It doesn't have to be games. It could be comic book or it could be anything. But then, I think a lot of the a lot of the uh, style has to do with the shape language. For example, you could use more curves and you could use more realistic details, or you could use more angular shapes, right? So that those are the, and then you know, and then you can get into colors and uh, how contrast and how, how what kind of texture you want to use. But I usually try to find some of the the tone that I that could be uh, representing the, the direction that I want to do. For example, like when you say Mobius, right? If you look at Mobius's art, it's very like detailed but it's very line based and it doesn't feel aggressive it feels more uh, sophisticated and um, you know so from there I try to achieve how do I achieve that right so those are my way I approaching things so for example like bourbon that game is uh, strictly try to bring in the, what I felt from the playing the game, um, the Limbo, not Limbo, what is that game? Um, inside uh, Out. Inside, inside and also Team Fortress, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like, because for me, it's like, oh, that would be so awesome if I played the, that kind of game. So it starts from me wanting to the, play the game, but the visual wise, I try to find the uh, the examples and then, yeah, go from there. All right. Does that answer your question? Yes. Yeah, it does. Man, Cecil, so again, we have the honor of sitting with you, spending time with you, hearing about your journey, hearing about what your experience has taught you and what you can share with our audience. So you already know we have nothing but respect for you and we appreciate that you have oh, spent time. You. To, yeah, come on and do this uh-huh. with us so thank you guys yeah you're, uh, Thanks you're for a me. in our industry yes uh so <laughs> before we let you go uh of course yeah. everybody you can follow cecil uh at six second studios uh you can see the twitter handle right there and but cecil if you have anything else to kind of tell our watchers uh viewers and listeners out there um where do you want them to go uh this this is yours yep. this is your time I what I want to say is, if you want to try to get into game and just do it, and job market is hot, and especially if you want to be an artist for games, go for it. Like making art is the best thing, and it's globally happening. So it's great, and just communication is the key. So it's like just learn how to communicate. Even I can communicate. You know, I mean, I. English is not my first language, but the genuine, good person, humble communication is always the key. And if you want to start your own business or doing your games, just have to remember, it's very, very, very risky industry, business. Bigger risk, bigger reward, meaning 90% fails. Mm. So That's you tough. just have to... You, but, the way to do it is you just have to pay attention to who you know 
and just you just gotta have a, your the what do you call it um what do you call it wingman right like if you're an artist you have to have an engineer if you're an engineer you're an artist because that those the important to the discipline if you put your head down work hard and when time is right you guys can attract the publishers attention or investors but the important thing is you have to be a good person and and one of the things i want to say is who you who you are is what you want meaning you know i mean don't don't be shy from chasing what you want to achieve you know i'm already past the time so i guess it's okay yeah and you know it's like be humble and there's so many people trying to help you even though i go to gdc when i was making a mobile game there's so many people came to me and try to give me advice and those advice are like precious you know just hard to implement it because we ran out of time and stuff but and then yeah so just get in the game industry make more games together (laughs) it's a beautiful thing if you get a chance to go work for Cecil and the good folks at Section, I would say do it. Oh, <laughs> Just like you said, cool. make Thank art. You. I definitely would co-sign and go helping out over there. Uh, good people over right. there. Uh, you'll learn a lot. If anything, you will definitely learn a lot. I see how the concept team works underneath you, man. So Okay. All right, Cecil. I know cool. you got more Thank work you to do. It's great having you. Again. All right. Okay. Thank you, guys.